0: Hi, I'm Karina. I'm the Music Ministry Director at Every Nation Auckland City. We are a multicultural, multigenerational, socially responsible church that makes disciples. We hope this message inspires you to honour God and make disciples. Kia ora koutou koutoua, and welcome to the third instalment of Never Stand Alone. Today, I need to make something of a confession. Just be really honest and transparent with you all. I've been struggling lately. I've been having a few struggles. Now, I don't want to alarm you, but the truth is I'm human and I encounter struggles as well from within and without. And it's not been going so well for me in the last month or two. Of course, we've had the ongoing COVID saga. It continues to present huge challenges and that's impacted my family, personally and directly with engagements and weddings. Not just one wedding, but two weddings. It's been a real challenge and about seven weeks ago, my wonderful wife, she suffered an injury. She actually fell over on concrete and she fractured her L2 vertebrae. That meant that she was in incredible pain and discomfort, but also those around her, including myself, had to pick up the slack and do a lot of, maybe all of the household duties for a long time. Additionally, for me personally, it meant I couldn't sleep in my own bed and had to find a mattress in the lounge or a spare room, and not really sleeping the best for the last six or seven weeks. Did I mention the COVID saga just keeps getting harder and tougher and goes on and on and on? To add to all of that, our washing machine broke down. Seems like a small matter, right? We're three weeks down the track and we still haven't got a replacement. I live about five to seven minutes drive from six different outlets that have washing machines in their shop and I have the money to go and buy it. But it takes 15 working days just to get it, which means the last three weeks we are going to, I'm going to the laundromat to wash our clothes. Furthermore, my computer got damaged. It slid off the front of my car. It was in its case, but it still hit the corner, shattered from the glass, and some of the functionality was all going wonky. And even as we speak today, I'm using notes, hard copy notes, not my tablet because it's malfunctioning. Washing machine, sick wife, work around the property, COVID, COVID, COVID. Personal matters also had some real heartbreaking relationships. Some individual people just walk away from our relationship having to process that emotionally, mentally, relationally. Did I mention about the COVID saga going on and on and on? Did I mention about the challenges for my life personally, but also as a leader of this church, the senior pastor, the many challenges and complexities with leading through the season of time. And just to cap it all off, about a week ago, all of a sudden, incredible pain came into the molar of one of my one of my molars in my mouth, and I've got an infection below the root of one of those molars. And in two days' time, I'm going to have that extracted. But as I preach and talk to you with you, with you today, everything's okay because I'm medicated. No, seriously, I've got it under control. But we're going to have to get it out. All these things coming together to create struggle, and tension, and problems. And really being bothered by it all, to be honest. It built up. It became overwhelming. Why am I telling you this? Well, you're going to find out a little bit later. Today, I want to call this third installment, Do Yourself a Favor. Woo! I can hear you say, now the boy is preaching. That's right. Do yourself a favor. You had permission from me to do yourself a favor today. Find something you want to do and go and do it, all right? I'm going to talk today about doing yourself a favor. Please turn on the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse Seven. while you're swiping away, while you're opening up the apps, while you are turning those pages, let me just create the scene. Here is this rather young church in the city of Ephesus, and the church has a number of things going on, but amongst it is a really big problem. You see, there's a really big problem. The people in the church began to think that everybody else in the church was there for Their individual purpose. Everybody in the church began doing what was right in their own eyes. There were some people that were disconnected. They felt disconnected. Maybe some of them want to be disconnected. Some didn't want to be disconnected. Some felt lonely. Some had incredible gifts and callings and talents in their life, but they were lazy. They got into this groove of just consuming content, just consuming whatever would be dished up around them instead of getting involved in the, in, in, in the adventure of church. You see, this little church had lost sight of the mystery and the sacredness. It had lost sight of the purpose and the power of the local church. And senior pastor Paul, the great apostle, writes the letter in part to put things back into order, to remind the people of the power and the purpose of the local church. And he uses an analogy of a human body. Hopefully by now you're in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7 and it reads but to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now here comes what might be the biggest longest sentence in the whole world. I'm not sure, but it's huge. I'm going to take a bunch of breaths to get through it. Are you ready? It's one long sentence that's gushing out of Paul's heart and he's describing church in action as church ought to be. He says in verse 11, jumping from verse 7 to 11, he says, and he, that's Christ, he himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all, everyone say all, 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 come to The unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect or mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of of deceitful plotting, but speaking truth in love. May grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causing growth, of the body for the edifying of itself, in love. Paul is using a metaverse, I mean metaphor, of the body as a demonstration of how the teamwork lends and feeds the dream work or how the teamwork makes the dream work. Why didn't Paul use the metaphor of a plow or a well or a chariot or any number of things that were common in the day that had multiple, you know, diverse parts functioning together for an overall purpose? Why why did he use a human body? What's he trying to tell us? To help you see this, I'm going to show you just some what I would call human body language. We can see that in your text, we see the word body. We see man and child to portray a human growing. We see the word in there, the head, who is Christ And then it says in verse, is it 16? It says, from the whole body, joined and knit together by what? Every joint supplies. Maybe it's talking about a a shoulder joint. I'm not sure. Or an elbow. I'm not sure. And then he goes on and says, one more time, causes growth in the the body. Can you see the body language there? It's wonderful, isn't it? But note, not just the body language, but we also see, what I'm going to call communal language. Look at these words that I've highlighted for you. It uses the word equipping of the saints, plural. We all, we, not they, him, her, we, collective, we. It refers to the whole body being knit together, different parts being knit together, all right, every part. So this is language we're seeing right here in the scripture, communal language. We've got human body language, communal language. Why communal language? Because we were created for community. If you're sitting with someone there, look at them in the eye, fear, smack in the eyes and tell them, you were created for community. That's right. And turn to the other person. You were created for community. But, but look what's happening Look what's happening in the text right here. What look what happens in this connected and communal church. Look what's actually happening. i want to highlight some more words to you here. Can you see the word there, edifying? Or the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It even says here, grow, grow up. Don't look at the other person in your room and say, grow up. That's probably not going to go well for you. But Paul's telling us it's time to grow up. He's talking about growth and he's talking about edification, which is building up. You see, people connected to church community, they grow. People grow personally. They grow relationally. People connected to church community, they grow emotionally. They grow spiritually. They grow towards their destiny. You see, people connected to the church community, they grow this is so powerful, it's so true, and it's so real that I've known people who have chosen their jobs in order to make sure they can remain connected to their church community. I've even met people who have decided where to live, what city to live in New Zealand when they've emigrated here based on the fact of where an every nation church is, that's where they're gonna go. They don't wanna go to a city where there isn't church community amazing. That's how important church community is. So much more than just sitting on your own, clicking on a pre-recorded service. We're grateful for that when it's all we have, but we have so much more, ladies and gentlemen. People connected to church community grow, and people who remain isolated don't. It's that straightforward. I want you to note Today It's very important to mention in the scriptures that Paul wrote by the Holy Spirit, there is no mention of a building. There is no mention of a Sunday service. It's a living, breathing, communal organism by the Spirit of God flowing through and they're growing and they're maturing and they are moving forward as a people. But What are we trying to accomplish through church community? What's the purpose of all the activities, our weekend services, our connect groups, our house churches, all the events that we do, picnics and, I don't know, uh, parenting things. We've got uh, all kinds of ministries from kids and youth and these ministries galore that we're running. Why do we do it? Why do we do it? Well, there's really two main reasons, to honor God and to make disciples. To make disciples the one thing that we were commissioned to do, to make disciples. But what does a disciple look like? Or maybe I could put it this way today, what are the goals of church community? What are the goals of church to community? Now, in order for me to teach this, and there are some powerful points, I believe coming up today, i need us to understand the principle of power and form you see form and power form and power form let's talk about the form the form is the practical to- practical tools that are designed to help produce change we have a building here the building is designed to help us accommodate change we use a one to one as a tool of choice we use a purple book we we, we use various tools, but they themselves can sit on a, bo- on a bookshelf somewhere. They can even sit beside our bed somewhere. We can even fill in the blank, but the power has to be released through those tools. They are simply tools. The Bible's a tool. It is the inerrant word of God, God breathed, but it's the word has got to get off the page into our hearts. You see, the form, talking about the form, the form is the tool that's designed, the power is the gospel. The gospel is the power, and the gospel is the power that produces change in people's lives. Now, I want you to really get this power-informed concept, so I'm going to use a couple of illustrations for you today. Here I have a good old regular ballpoint pen. We have a spring. We have a, a, a plastic shaft. We have a, a nib at this end. We've got a little nib there. Uh, we've got all kinds of bits and pieces happening there, but you know what the power is? The power is the ink, the form, the, the cartridge of ink on the inside, the cylinder, and all these mechanisms is all designed to the formers around the ink to help the ink get on the page so you can actually write. As soon as the powers run out, i.e. the ink, what do we do? We throw it away, useless, no good. You see, the form is there to transform or to transfer power. Let me give you another illustration, just in case you missed that idea. Right here, I have an iron. That's right, and I'm really trying hard today to iron everything out. Sorry about that. It's a terrible, terrible dad joke. Here we go. Let's try and work on the form. The form, we have a handle here. We have an outer shell right here. We have a, a heating element on the inside, and what's called a sole plate right here. We've got the cable. You see, but what we need to do is get the power from the wall, from the socket, through the cable and produce heat. You see, the form is everything that you can see, but the purpose of the form is to deliver power, the heat. So I can iron my clothes or iron whatever I want to iron. You see, the form transforms, transfers the power. Has everyone got that? Form without the power is useless. Some churches are all form, no power. Other churches might be all power, but there's no form. You need both. Both come together. But no matter what power, what, sorry, what form, what tools, what methods we use, there are five goals that we want in church community. Five goals. And those five goals are, are you ready for them? The first one is foundations. That's right. Our first goal is to establish spiritual foundations, just make sure i got the right one there. Foundations are laid by faithfully obeying the teachings of Jesus. That simple. He's not just savior, he's Lord, which means he's the boss which means when he says, jump, we say, how high? He, that's how you lay foundations is actually obeying the teachings of Jesus. First, First Corinthians chapter three, verse 11, it says here, no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, the path of obedience, which builds spiritual foundations is not walked alone but with church community. You see, all of us need encouragement. All of us need understanding. All of us need belonging. All of us need community. All of us need accountability. The first goal of church community is to lay spiritual foundations in our life. I wonder what the second one is. Freedom. That's right, Freedom from spiritual bondages, freedom from sin patterns, true freedom and true breakthrough will come, ladies and gentlemen, through following Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 to 18. Now the Lord is a spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's right. And it goes on to say we are being transformed into His image With ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You see, the freedom that God has for you won't happen. I don't believe you'll find that freedom outside of church community. Foundations and freedom. The third goal is to build strong faith. First Timothy chapter six, verse 12 says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I don't know anyone, honestly, listen to me now, I don't know anyone who's strong in their faith. I don't know anyone who has strong, enduring faith who is not established and planted in a local church in community. I don't just mean watching a service online on our own. I mean exchanging ideas, praying for one another, sharing our dreams and hopes, holding each other accountable, encouraging, stirring. Hallelujah, Uh, doing life together. Friend, I want to tell you today, it's time to get back into church community. Can someone say amen to that? Amen, I believe it, I believe it. It won't happen. These things will not happen alone. We need others in our church community to help these beautiful, beautiful gifts and goals be established in our life. The fourth goal is to produce lasting fruit. Every follower of Jesus, my dear friends, every follower of Jesus is called to live a life that produces fruitfulness, lasting fruitfulness. And I believe we can put that into two camps, fruit of discipleship and fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit growing more like the person of Christ. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and so forth. But also God wants to use us to reach other people far from Him. To share the gospel, to build relationships with, to build trust with, and they'll begin to inquire about why our lives are so fruitful and blessed and rich. It's because we're followers of Jesus Christ. Can someone say amen to that? Is the fruit of your of the spirit growing in your life? Are you making disciples? John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and what? Bear fruit. 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 That will last. I believe every one of us is a sower. I believe every one of us is a harvester. I believe every one of us is called and gifted by God and positioned by God to be used by God to reach other people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think it is most unlikely to happen. I want to go stronger, but this is being recorded around the world. It is most unlikely to happen outside of being connected to church community. And finally, our fifth goal for being established in a local church community is family, to be connected to spiritual family. There is such a need in the souls of men and women and young people across this nation and beyond for true family. As biological families have broken down and redefined and, and as we have jettisoned the scriptural basis of everything, as this, this nation's chaotic in its understanding of what even family is, we go back to the Bible and I believe out and across this land, we can see beautiful churches planted and formed that would embrace spiritual family, diverse cultures, diverse giftings, diverse ages and genders coming together to produce spiritual Family, I don't think I need to talk about that much because it's obvious, by very definition, family requires interaction, interdependence with other church members. Please understand, we were created for church community. Let's go to that story I shared earlier on about my own confessions all those compounding struggles in my life of late. My wife, washing machine, computer, COVID, COVID, COVID. Just so many things going on. Why did I tell you this? Well, it's because firsthand I've seen this happen in my own life once again. In the last week, there's been at least three valuable, helpful conversations with the church community. Precious people that most of you no doubt would know who lent me the ear, who gave me some tips, who prayed for me. I once again was reminded of the value and the richness of church community and relationships within our beautiful church. As I shared my struggles with them, they listened. They gave advice, they prayed. I didn't feel alone. I felt understood, but I also felt encouraged to take some steps to move through it. You see, people connected to church family, they grow through struggles. They don't get buried by them. How about you? Honestly, can you say that in the last six months, you've grown spiritually? or have you flatlined or maybe even regressed. Are you connected to church community? I don't mean just attend a meeting. I don't mean just watch something and I'm talking about participation. I'm talking about helping others. You see, I believe everyone, everybody needs somebody and somebody needs you. And I think some of us need to stop just being selfish That's a strong word. But independence and individualism leads to being selfish. The whole world begins to orientate around ourselves. We're allowed to get together. We're allowed to mix it up. We're allowed to gather together, of course, be sensible and responsible and practical. And if you're not well, please stay isolated for sure. But if you can, I want to say to you today, we've got to get out. We've got to do yourself a favour and connect with church family. Again, I'm not talking about attending a meeting. No one's talking about a meeting here. What we're talking about is drawing life from others and giving life to others, sharing and bearing our hearts learning and growing together, trusting God together, facing giants and faith journeys together. Even when we fail to step up and dust ourselves on and go again, it's walking in church community, ladies and gentlemen. Do yourself a favour and join a house church. Don't just attend, participate arrive early come with the attitude to encourage somebody come with the attitude of bringing a bit of food to give some time and energy to bless other people you might find that by doing so your perspective on your own life will become more accurate and more true you know the the message the gospel is sacred that will never change but our methods do change We change methods. We change our forms, if you like. The important thing is to have the power flow. And if we find there are different methods and different tools and different forms that would help the power of what wants to be achieved in the hearts and lives of people, if if we need to change the form, the method, and the tool, we're going to do it because that's not the point. We don't worship tools, forms and methods. We wanna worship God. The power is honoring God and making disciples and producing a valuable, powerful community. Methods have always evolved throughout church history, but it's all been about knowing God and about helping other people know God, you see we always, the church always has to embrace new things. I mean, not that long ago, we didn't have a website. Not that long ago, we didn't have live streaming through social media. We change, we evolve. The point is the forms change. I think you're getting it, ladies and gentlemen. The point is the gospel must go forth. The love of Christ, the truth of the word of God must go forth. Lives get transformed. That's the important thing. And I want to tell you today, house church is as much church. We're leaning into house church big time. As a church right now, we believe in this season where there's concerns over health, where there's a need to connect and have community, where there's a need for leaders to be raised up and be on mission and reach our neighbours and our friends and our work colleagues. House churches are perfect for it. That's our big play. Yes, we're going to come back to services once a month. Sunday services, that's going to come back at some point. we begin even now to plan that, but we're not waiting for that. We're not relying on that. Ladies and gentlemen, disciple making is a seven day a week job a seven day a week privilege a seven day a week call you see so house church is what we're doing so can I just speak directly to my church father if I'm your pastor and this is your local church I want to say today do not wait for Sunday services before you get involved and go to church house church is as much church as anything else amen That's where we're at at this point in time. And I want to encourage you to come out of spiritual isolation and relational independence and individualism. Get connected and allow God to move in your heart and in your life in a fresh, fresh way. Everybody needs somebody and somebody needs you. Amen. Do yourself a favour. Get connected, begin to walk with church community and you will see faith, freedom, foundations, family and fruit begin to grow in your life once again. And I'm believing God for great and mighty things for you, in you and through you and through us as a body of Christ. I really wanna pray for us today. And I wanna pray that we'll all get connected I know many of you are connected, but there's quite a lot that are not. And I believe the enemy has been so rampant in the season. Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's a sense of failure. Maybe it's just um, believing that people don't love me. People don't, they don't want to connect with me. They don't miss me. That's not true. That's a lie of the enemy. We love you, church Farno. The leaders, the elders, the pastors, the staff, we're thinking all the time. We're praying all the time. We're trying to practically express that by reaching out and connecting with people all the time. We love you. Don't let the enemy hold you back. Don't let uh, the enemy stop you from getting connected to a house church. We're waiting for you. We want you to be connected, okay? And I'm just going to pray right now, Lord, Holy Spirit, I thank you, Lord, for victory. I thank you in the name of Jesus that every scheme of the enemy is now identified, every lie of the enemy that's trying to divide and conquer. I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus, every lie that's been sown into the hearts of so many people. Oh, they don't love me. They they, I, 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 they I, don't, they don't believe in me. They don't want me. Whatever it might be, Lord, I come against every divisive lie in the name of Jesus, and we is to clear acceptance and reconnection over the people of God. Lord, I'm praying today that you move all of our hearts to embrace and to bring in and to draw in and to see, as Paul painted here, a healthy, functioning local church that's in action. Lord, I pray for a resurgence of mission, a resurgence of togetherness now. Lord God, the isolation is over. Individualism is over. Whether it's on Zoom or in the room, we're going to connect. Father, we thank you now. Our best days lie ahead. As a local church, you want to grow and you want to produce fruit. He wants strong faith to begin to rise up. We want new family members to come in and strong foundations to be laid in our hearts that would walk in victory. Lord, I declare it now over every life that's watching, Father God, that we'll be well-established in local churches and have essential, fruitful, meaningful relationships and our soul will be glad and our spirit will rejoice. Lord, we thank you for the beauty and the wonder of the local church. Lord, I speak blessing over every nation Auckland City, every nation Tauranga and every nation Hamilton in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. To know more about Every Nation Auckland City, you can visit our website, www.everynationauckland.city. For more messages like this, you can subscribe to this podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts.